You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. We're going to look at Psalm 37. Just the first eight verses. Psalm 37, verse 1 through 8. says, Fret not yourselves because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in His way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Well, again, we're, we're not going to really dissect that passage much, but it's sort of the, the focus on um, thinking about our, uh, where our confidence is, where our trust is is, and maybe who our confidence is in. You might ask the question, can God be trusted? I don't think any of you would stand and proclaim with your lips that God the Almighty can't be trusted. <clears throat> um, does He know every detail of our lives? Does He care? Is he able to do whatever is needed to take care of us? And is he supremely sovereign? I believe most of you, if given the opportunity to encourage a brother or sister in Christ, would remind them of these truths and maybe share with them some verses that speak of how the Lord knows every detail of our lives. I'm thinking of Psalms 139 and how intimately the Lord knows us. How, as a loving Father, provides good and perfect gifts. And how His power and resources and authority is unmatched. But what if there's a gap between the truth that we know, these, these truths and these verses, God's Word, even our experiences, this, there's a gap between knowing these truths and applying them to our everyday trials. What if we're the ones who are on the doubting side or the fearful side? I like reading the accounts in the Bible where when God's people fail to trust Him or fail to believe His Word, we get to see 
God step in with raw, sovereign um, power and cover this failure to believe for the sake of his name and for the delivery, deliverance of his people. There's Abram early in Genesis going down to Egypt with his very beautiful wife, Sarai. Fearful that the princes of Egypt or even Pharaoh himself might kill Abram so that, they, so that he could take his wife and not thinking that the Lord would protect him. Abram lets the, uh, lets the Egyptians believe that Sarai was his sister, which was a half-truth because she was his half-sister. But um, Pharaoh does indeed take her into his house. But the Lord steps in and says, not so fast. And he inflicts Pharaoh and all of Pharaoh's house with some very serious problems so that Sarah uh, is prevented from being defiled. Apparently, Abraham wasn't a very fast learner because later in the, in the account, uh, after the Lord had given them both new names, so now they were Abraham and Sarah, uh, and a renewed promise, Abraham walked in the same fear of man, again telling Abimelech, king of Gerar that Sarah was his sister and she was consequently taken to the king at the king's request. The Lord again intervened to protect Sarah coming to the king in a dream by night and says if you touch this man's wife you're a dead man. Doubt and fear seem to be in the heart's of the Israelites during the exodus from Egypt. And while only days had passed since the miraculous uh, deliverance in the, from the plagues when the Lord shielded them from the plagues that uh, destroyed and, and killed the Egyptians, the Israelites see Pharaoh and his army pursuing them in the Red Sea in front of them and believe that it would have been better if they had stayed as in Egypt as slaves. In spite of their forgetful and grumbling hearts, the Lord worked a mighty deliverance through the Red Sea. Then there's Elijah, a man of God. And after a great victory over the prophets of Baal, he became afraid of wicked Queen Jezebel. And fleeing from her into the wilderness and wishing he could just die. But an angel of the Lord comes to Elijah with food and water to strengthen him for a 40-day journey into the, into, uh, the wilderness to be graciously restored by the Lord himself. All these are examples and good reminders of how easy it is for God's people to forget how powerful, how faithful, how wise and trustworthy he is. And that's when we start to worry and fret. And we become anxious about things. God's word speaks to this problem in many places. Um, I'm thinking especially of Jesus' words in his earthly ministry. 
in the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life. Then why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Well, you know that worry and fear can have a powerful effect on the body. A physically healthy person overcome with anxiety can experience physical side effects like dizziness, fainting, stomach and digestion problems, skin conditions, hair loss, and heart trouble. Some of you may remember five or six months ago, I was up here on a Sunday morning and more confused than normal and more emotional than normal. And I didn't know what was going on, but it kind of scared me. And I uh, eventually went, talked to a couple doctors, and... uh, decided, based on the encouragement of one doctor anyway, to have a few tests done just to kind of eliminate, identify what it, what it wasn't, what wasn't going on. And because uh, I, had, I had been experiencing many of the side effects that I just listed for several months. Um, not the hair loss that's been going on for a long time, but but I uh, so I so I took several tests, had some tests done, and uh, <clears throat> turns out there was there was nothing physically wrong with me, but I was definitely mismanaging some stress. I'd been allowing some very real, uh, very concerning circumstances in my life to weigh on me and I think maybe subconsciously was weighing on me even more than than I knew or was acknowledging and I I, I felt it was 
some of these situations were my responsibility to, to lead and navigate to try to bring about a, a right solution to these concerns and these challenges. And I, I know at one point in the summer, I was nearly kind of paralyzed to, to do anything. It just, I just couldn't. I would, Lanell doesn't even know this, but I'd go to the farm and I'd sometimes just sit in my pickup for half the day because I, didn't, I couldn't, couldn't figure out what to do. Was I praying? I was, but not like I should. Was I reading my Bible regularly? Not really. In fact, I would wake up sometimes in the night or early morning feeling so guilty about all the things that I wasn't doing or I wasn't doing well, or I was failing miserably at. And it seemed like if I just took daily Bible reading off the list, it'd be one thing I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel bad that I wasn't getting done. That didn't really work. I still felt bad. You see, without regularly taking in the truth of God's Word, I, my, my heart started listening to my mind, and my mind started listening to my heart, and it was kind of a vicious cycle. And all I could hear was, you failed in that. You're failing in this, and you're going to fail in that. And that's pretty paralyzing, when you feel like everything that you do, are doing, or are going to do, is a failure. I'm really thankful for friends that the Lord has put in my life for times like these. And I even think that the Lord's inspiration of Paul in his letter to the Philippians is especially applicable in these kind of situations when we've allowed our thoughts and our heart to dictate what we believe or how we feel. Philippians 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, 
if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Jesus has promised to be closer to us, a friend closer to us than a brother, and that he will never leave us and will never forsake us. Romans 8 has some encouraging verses, and maybe you're thinking of Romans 8.28, and that's a great verse about how all things work together for good. I'm glad it's there, but when you're battling your mind, and you feel like your mind has been taken captive by kind of a dark cloud, verses 31 through 39 of Romans 8 were especially encouraging. Verse 31 of chapter 8 in Romans says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Failure, failing, failure. Can that stick for a child of God? Well, apart from Christ, I can do nothing, so I suppose it can. But as a child of God, that's not who I am. Is God who justifies? Who is it who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. One of the hardest truths maybe for the human mind to receive is that the Lord does not lay before us opportunities to believe and trust Him, hoping that we don't mess up His plans. Scripture makes it clear that He has known from eternity past when and how we will fail. And we will. He also knows when, by His grace, we will be victorious. Yet regardless, 
He lays before us opportunities to believe and trust Him. And in His mercy has graciously worked all things for good. So where am I at in all this today? Well, you can tell I'm not necessarily completely stable. I mean, I just studied all these verses and shared their truths with you and been rehearsing some of my personal experiences. I should be glowing in the peace that passes understanding, right? Some days I'm, it's like that. Praise God. I, I praise God for that. And I wonder how I could ever be so discouraged. But other days, I have to renew my mind in God's Word and its truth. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3 through 14, Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the, in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. That's all I have to share this morning. I'm thankful for God's Word. I'm thankful for His faithfulness, unchanging love, even when... I don't, think I, I don't think I doubted His ability to do anything. I mean, I really don't remember a time when I ever was like, well, that's too big for God. But I, I know, I frequently wonder... Will he do this? How will he work this out? And it's, not for, it's really not for me to worry about. He's, he's made that clear. So 
Maybe I've left you with more questions than answers, but because um, I don't. There's many of you here that have dealt with things heavier than what I feel I'm dealing with. But um, I know that God is faithful. And I know that his, his word will not return to him void. I've, I've got a list a half a page long of, of verses that speak of him doing what he plans, what he purposes, what he, you know, what he desires, what he will, what he pleases. He, he does it. He's not limited. He's not thwarted in anything. Nothing you or I can do can mess up his plans. So praise God for that. I, I'm going to close in prayer and we'll sing an, uh, a song. Father, thank you for your mercies and your grace. Thank you for the gift of your spirit. Thank you for your word and your faithfulness to us, that you do not leave us, that you are our shield and our protector, a strong tower, our refuge and strength. Father, I pray as we step into this new year that you would teach us and empower us to be still and know that you are God. We thank you for your love in spite of our failings. We thank you for the perfect, obedient, unfailing Redeemer, your Son, Jesus. In his name we pray.